The book of Chronicles was written about the 5th century B.C. The situation was that God's people had drifted and drifted away from the covenant life they were to live. His scripture said today, in those days all the people added infidelity to infidelity, practicing all the abominations of the nations. And God sent them prophet after prophet after prophet. But despite all the warnings, they failed to repent. Scripture said they mocked the messengers of God, despised his warnings, and scoffed at his prophets. And so, as a punishment, the Lord allowed Nebuchadnezzar to come in and conquer them. He destroyed the temple, burned their homes, killed many people in the city, any able-bodied people he took captive back to Babylon as slaves. Certainly, that should be a wake-up call to all of us to be sure we're on the right path. Have we drifted away in any way from God's plan? And who are the prophets that God sent us? And once we identify them, are we listening to the messengers of God? Uh, prophets from God can be anyone. Uh, they can be a friend. Uh, they can be a person who doesn't like us. Could be a child. Once there was a man who uh, had a boss, and the boss was really nasty, vulgar, crude, mean. But yet the husband and wife wanted to invite the boss over for dinner. But the problem was not his coming, but their little five-year-old. She was a motor mouth, and they were so afraid she would start telling the boss what her father said about him, and that would not be good. So they sat her down and told her, you do not say a word unless you're asked the question and be polite and answer, but do not say, and if you speak out of turn, you are going to be punished severely. So the boss comes over, and he's true to form, vulgar, crude, mean, nasty. And the little girl just sat there, <laughs> stared at him. Finally, he could take it no more. Why are you looking at me that way? A question. <laughs> My daddy says, you are a self-made man. Why did you make yourself like that? A prophet, children, friends, enemies. Jesus tells us at each Mass, I have suffered, died, rose, ascended to save you. Why are you acting this way? Gossiping, using foul language, misjudging, failing to pray, keeping your pets in caressing your rotten attitude. Oh, my God, I'm heartily sorry. I firmly resolve, with the help of your grace, to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. In our gospel today, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. 
Nicodemus is a well-known man in the community, well-to-do, and he, he's trying to believe that this Jesus is the Messiah. Now, you got to remember, these people were looking for a giant king, powerful man who was going to smash these Romans, and here's this man, Jesus. So Jesus is telling him and reminding him, as the story opens in our gospel today, about the time God's people were disobeying and God sent them snakes and they were being bitten. So they were complaining about God. They were complaining about Moses. Moses prays to God and God says, mount a serpent on a pole and any time the people looked at it who were bitten, they would be healed. So Jesus uses that symbolism to compare with his coming death on the cross. So must the Son of Man be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And then Jesus gives us the most well-known verse, I think, of the whole Bible. If you're at a football game and somebody holds up a sign, John 3.16, this is it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believed in him might not, have, might not perish but have eternal life. When was the last time you were able to take the time to meditate on all that Jesus did to prepare for our eternal salvation? As I was preparing this homily, I came across this story. A man was transferred to manage a large firm in New York City. A few years later, he returned for a visit to the Indiana farm where his parents lived. Proud of his business success, he told his parents about his significant responsibilities, his demanding busy schedule. And after listening patient to her son, her mother finally said to him, son, describe a typical day to me. So the son told her how he got up early every morning, committed, commuted to the city from his home in the suburbs, spent long hours participating in conferences, keeping luncheon engage, engagements, rushing to dinner meetings, talking on the phone. And his mother interrupted and said, that's wonderful, son. I'm impressed. But tell me, when do you think about God? When do you share your thoughts with him? When do you meditate on the meaning of all that? Lent is rapidly going. We're wearing rose pink vestments that tell you we're happily, it's, we're getting close to the end. But when we, do we still need to think about God and what he's done for us? Are we sharing our thoughts with our loving Lord? Are we meditating on the saving acts of Jesus Christ? God, our Father, wants all of us, his children, to come home to him someday in his kingdom. He sends prophet after prophet to help us on our way. We need to be listening to those prophets. If we are too busy to ponder God, we are too busy. One of the prayers that really touched me in a difficult situation happened in Oklahoma City. I was re representing the priest council 
at a national federation of priest councils. And the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, for a concluding of the four-day conference, brought in a choir of Native American Indians. And their leader and pastor was a Native American Indian priest. And after a beautiful song fest, his, the pastor prayed this. I asked for a copy of the prayer. O great spirit, whose voice I hear in the winds and whose breath gives life to the world, hear me. I am small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty and make my eyes ever behold the red and purple sunsets. Make my hands respect the things you made and my, may my ears be sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may understand the things you have taught my people. Let me learn the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. I seek wisdom not to be greater than myself, than my friends, but to find, fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes. So when life fades as the fading sunset, may my spirit come to you without shame. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ.